Hello friends, it's John Klein III of episode 77 of Shadow and Flame of Magic, the podcast. And today we're going to review X-Men Annual number 9. So let's get to it, to it, to it. And once again, thank you to Francisco for providing the theme song to the podcast. Appreciate it. And you. And... Um, sometimes I might refer to this as Uncanny X-Men Annual 9. Well, I guess once I turn the page, I'm not going to be really <laughs> referencing the title of it so much. But this concludes our Loki month, which we have yet to watch Loki Season 2. But I'm hearing the latest episodes are pretty good. And now that the light is hitting this comic, uh, the poly bag I have it in does not hint at the quality of it, but it's probably a fine edition. Like, there's some wrinkles to it. But this is a giant size issue. The cover is... The corner box is full of characters. Sunspot, Cannonball, Karma, Cyclops, Storm, Rachel, Colossus, Rogue. Oh, yeah, the... Oh, no, I was going to say three, three, it's one, two, three, four, five rows of three, but the top one only had two, so. Uh, let's see, row four. Kitty, Nightcrawler, and Amara, and Danny Wolverine and Wolfsbane? Yeah, so poor Eliana does not make the cover, or in the corner box, nor does Doug. I feel like one of them should have been above Storm. And now that I said above Storm, that could only have been Ileana. You don't put Doug above Storm. Come on. Um, The Saga of Storm, Goddess of Thunder. And she's swinging her hammer, Stormcaster, as Colossus is coming up behind her. And Warlock's there, Wolverine's behind her. And on a different building, the New Mutants, Ileana. Uh, okay, that must be Rogue, Cyclops, and Sunspot. And on the balcony above them is Karma and Nightcrawler. Oh, no, no, Rogue's here, so I don't know who this character is. Maybe Rain? Okay, yeah, because Storm, or Rogue's in the air. Kitty is falling down from sublocation or dropping down I should say. Cannibal is blasting so he's nigh invulnerable and then Danny is on Windrider? Is that her horse? I think so. And the cover of course is by Art Adams as this concludes the Asgardian Wars. And it would have cost you a dollar fifty. Came out in nineteen eighty five and it is comic book approved. Her comic code authority approved. <clears throat> Inside ad is for some comics. The Thundercats, Miss, Meet Misty, and Care Bears. <clears throat> who I do not recognize who this Meet Misty is. Say hello to three new star comic sensations. The Savage Thundercats, the Cuddly Care Bears, and Misty, the soap opera superstar who saved the world on fire. And time has forgotten. Uh, I feel like there's something on my mind I'm trying to hint around, but I can't think of the significance. Oh, 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 today's Halloween, everyone. I'm recording this. <clears throat> we still have 40 minutes of Halloween. I need to charge my watch. 
and uh i i need to buy a pair of overalls i was like a discount luigi today which wasn't great but and a few times i was around people who were like are you dressed up i was like oh i forgot my hat and gloves upstairs uh but the office or the building had halloween potlucks so that was nice and walker d world was uh, Freddy Fazbear from Five Nights at Freddy's and got himself a bunch of candy. And then he came because he's trying to go to his dentist because they per pound give you dollars. And I forget how much it is. My impression is a dollar a pound. But I feel like they gave him a little bit more. But I feel like we were also there towards the end of the program. And then we just filled his bas- his candy with, uh, or his bag of candy with more candy and candy that we just had around that we're clearly not eating. So hopefully he has like, I don't know, five pounds of candy or something, maybe six. So we'll see how much he gets from that. So this is the ninth annual of the X-Men and it came out in 1985. So it's the 85 annual because they don't, you know, can't have two annuals. It's not a biannual. So we get the Uncanny X-Men. And this is uh, writer Tom. Nope. Writer Chris Claremont. Penciler Arthur Adams. Inkers Alan Gordon and Mike Mignola. Yes, that Mike Mignola. And Art Adams inking himself on a couple pages. I like the idea that he goes by art when he inks. Uh, letters, the legend Tom Orchardowski, colorist Petra Skortsi, who I don't recognize that name, editor and Nocenti, and chief Jim Shooter. But the colors in this, I mean, it just looks great. So good job, Petra Scalassi, Scotessi. I bet that's it. And so we get a great two team lineups and. So it's Phoenix, Cyclops, and that's Rachel, Storm, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Shadowcat, and Rogue, <clears throat> all looking pretty fierce and awesomely drawn by our Adam. And then we get guest starring the new mutants. We Warlock, Mirage, Karma, Magic, Wolfsbane, Magma, Cipher, Cannonball, and Sunspot. So what? Eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What the what? <clears throat> Probably one of the last few times this team of, well, either this collection of teammates, but it's pretty much my ideal team of X-Men. Uh, I mean, I'll swap Colossus out with whoever's your favorite, which is my always go-to whenever someone's like, who's your favorite this and this? And I give my list and they're like, oh, like, I don't count Kitty in my favorite. I'm like, oh, well, who's your favorite? He's like, you know, I sure. Like, I'll knock my favorite down to row two just so we can both agree to a top three list. But you can have spots one and three. I'll be more than happy to have mine respected at two. And then we're good. No need to fight. The New Mutants is pretty classic lineup. I don't know who will be missing. I mean, Karma's there. Karma, Ileana, and Magma all on the same team feels like a feat. This title is called Stanley Presents There's No 
place like home. There's a purple dragon, which I don't think shows up in the comic. And then little Lockheed looking fierce at the... And so I'm... Twitter only lets you do four images, but an Instagram too, which is curious. So if you go to SNFWM, while this uploads, I'm going to put four images up. And I think there was six to choose from, so... Which is pretty fun of the blog and my new found fondness for taking comic book art and then say turning them into the individual panels <clears throat> i don't know what it, i guess is a super satisfying to me so i'm going to put this page up for sure and i think i'm still swaying on what the fourth one's going to be so we'll get there i have the hardest time turning this page okay one midsummer's night at Professor Charles Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Colossus comes out of his bedroom. He armors up. He was wearing blue shorts and a red shirt, which he rips through. Rachel comes out of the room. Rogue comes out of her room. And Wolverine comes out of his already snick. Uh, it looks like Rachel was wearing like a green bathing suit, like a full body bathing suit. Can't really get a feel for Rogue. But Wolverine's wearing, uh, you know, his classic Canadian flannel shirt and jeans, maybe. So maybe he just came in. Rachel's saying it's Kitty, and she's having a nightmare. Kurt shows up. And then with that, Kurt Wagner teleports from the hall to the room shared by Colossus's younger sister, Ileana, and Kitty Pride. And Kurt is wearing, like, all black jammies, which I guess has since his blue skin. So he grabs Rachel and teleports her to Kitty, who's lying around in bed. Lockheed is surprised by Kurt's entrance as he's just floating up in the air. So two images of Kit Lockheed, and then at one point we're going to lose him. So appreciate the Lockheed times as it is. And so Rachel puts her hand on Kitty's head, which... I didn't think about while reading this earlier, but now I'm thinking about Days of Future Past and how that's how he, she brought Kate Pride to the then past, which it, which I guess still remains the past. And so she's trying to figure out what's the what's causing her anguish, and then we get a pretty much a recap of oh oh, and she makes it so that everyone can see Kitty's nightmare, which. I guess makes it so everyone can know the stakes of it. And we see uh, angry Ileana Rasputina. We see Storm with a hammer. And we see Loki standing behind Enchantress. And everyone's quick to comment. And Scott's quick to comment about how Loki promised not to hurt them. And so, and Rogue... Oh, yeah, I like how Rogue here has a history of Norse mythology. Like, she's read up on um, the stories. And she was, like, sprinkle her knowledge in throughout uh, the issue. But they're quick to realize that since Loki can't hurt the X-Men, as he promised in X-Men Alpha Flight, he's going after those that he loves, they love, which would be the New Mutants and Storm. An hour later, still in Kitty and Ileana's bedroom, they've come up with a plan. 
I thought they referenced the issue number, but back in one of the earlier annuals, which I want to say maybe it was annual four feels right, Archon the Empyrean used teleporting lightning bolts to get to the X-Men, and I guess they have a bag of them left over, and so they're going to use them to get to Asgard and rescue their friends. We see Kitty is listening to the plan, and she's holding Lockheed, and he's in a very teeny panel, but I like the idea of her just holding him out of comfort, or just because, why not hold Lockheed? If I had a pet dragon, I'd probably want to hold him all the time. Uh, Scott feels bad for leaving a pregnant Madeline, because I want to say in story, this is like maybe a month later, right? Loki wasted no time going after Getting his seeking his revenge. Rogue's worried that hopefully Scott can get them to Asgard in what must be nine attempts. Scott kisses Maddie, which is awesome. And so they're waiting for Rachel to show up, and everyone turns. Oh, oh, and then Kitty's holding. So everyone turns to see Rachel about to walk in the room, and Kitty is holding Lockheed, who's also like. looking at Rachel and Rachel and Kitty's thought balloons are Rachel how could you and we see Rachel's new outfit which is yellow boots like the flash uh, from the waist to her right below her knee is red tights she's wearing matching red gloves and a yellow shirt uh, that sort of shows off her top of her shoulders, and the phoenix, where her cleavage would be, nope, where her cleavage would be, is covered with a phoenix head. So it's a whole new outfit that I think she uses just this one. So our Adam's got to design a fun thing. Scott wants a protest. And Rachel's quick to be like, well, you moved on from Jean, and I am the phoenix, so. And you're retired from the X-Men, so this is just who I am. Which everyone's like, well, this is insensitive, but sure. And, you know, and you're married, so what's the problem? And Rachel hasn't told Scott that she's his daughter from a future, so or alternate future. So that's over everyone's heads. And Scott... Puts on his Cyclops cowl. And he's just like, sure. Like, I'm over everything. It's fine. Whatever. And then Kitty, once again, two for two, has given Lockheed to Madeline to watch over, as she did in Uncanny 173 with Logan's failed marriage to... Um, Yorkie? No, no, not Yorkie. Who, who was he... About to marry? Uh, Mariko. I was about to look it up. But I was like, no, no, it came to me. And she's like, excuse me, Madeline, would you look after Lockheed while I'm away? He won't be any trouble, I promise. And Wolverine thinks to himself about how this is off, this caper's off to a rough start. Kitty's thinking, Ray, how could you be so dumb? You know, Jean was Cyclops' first love. Your timeline, they were your parents, but in this one, she died. Scott married Madeline. They're going to have a baby. Are you deliberately trying to hurt him? 
And then lightning bolt to the ground. It looks like he threw five of them to the ground, so <clears throat> that doesn't seem wise. And then Madeline says, goodbye, Scott. Oh, Lord. All of a sudden, am I so afraid I'm never seeing him? We'll never be happy together ever again. And she's partially right. And then, so this is, and then we see Lockie looks sad as well. And then that's it for them. We don't see Lockheed or Madeline in the comic ever again. So, I think for sure, <coughs> we're going to use the two images of Madeline with Lockheed, nature's best friends. And then maybe the one, and so it's either her holding Lockheed while the team Scott comes out of a plan, or in the image where they all turn to look at Rachel coming down. I guess I'm more inclined because you can at least make out his face here, whereas before, it's, she just looks like she's holding something purple with a tail, which is all you really need for a Lockheed. But. <clears throat> Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. Each of its students in both the senior team, the X-Men, and the novice New Mutants is unique. They are mutants born with... Extraordinary physical or mental abilities which set them apart from the norm, normal run of humanity that makes them special. But it also makes them outcasts. Magma, as her name implies, commands the molten essence of the earth itself. And now we're on page 7. Like We're kicking off now. She can hurl lava blasts at a foe or sh shape that molten rock into any form she chooses. So she's been turned into a fairy due to the actions of New Mutant Special Edition. Storm's there <clears throat> to try to make her feel better. Nearby, Sunspot and Cannonball practice the use of their own talents. And they're both impressed with Storm. Even though she doesn't have powers, except she has powers here, which goes to Birdo's opinions about staying here as they're not outcasts in Asgard. They're just teens of attitude and benefits. Oh man, I cannot turn these pages. Uh, Danny and Wolfsbane are in a room looking out into the courtyard. And Danny's not sure about her leadership skills as she's not sure what to do next. And then we see Doug and Ilyana talking. She's Ilyana's in a bikini talking to Doug, as I guess they're sunbathing. And let's see here. You're looking pretty grum, Doug. Just wondering what I'm doing here. You guys all have physical skills. The only thing Cypher can do is talk. Self will protect friends, Cypher, Doug. Oh, yeah, Warlock's head's there. I was like, I don't. Great, Warlock. I appreciate the thought, but I'm a little old to be a babysitter. Already not a team. One for all and all for one. Look out for each other. Life's tough, Pally. As a mutant, I can teleport through space and time. Trouble is, I can't barely control it. I'm a demon sorceress. But those powers are virtually non-existent on Earth. And anywhere they do work, their nature turns me to evil. Yeah, without that part of myself, I feel incomplete, hollow, like being a painter and deliberately making yourself blind. It's what I do best and why I must 
I deny it. That's not fair. And then we get a whole team shot, everyone together, and they're where their current form in Asgard. And then Sunspot comes to comfort Magma. And then Magma all of a sudden realizes that all this is a dream, which is an odd choice thing, because then she put everyone to all these outfits and put these thoughts in their mouths, or maybe it's just Magma's opinion of what the new mutants must think about themselves. And then she realizes... Like, wait, I I never talked to Roberto like this. And then we see Sam, and she's like, oh, Sam, like, I'm having the weirdest thoughts. And then, very next panel, we see current day Sam, who looks very warped, like, beaten and exhausted, but not more exhausted than poor fairy magma, who like, has fairy eyebrows, is short, has fairy features. Or like I guess the sad ones, but I guess it's also just a clever way to be like, here's the team of new mutants, the Forge, deep within the heart of Endavier, realm of the dwarfs, where the master smith Itri works his wonders, because he's making a gift for Loki as Loki demanded it. And with that command, Sam Guthrie soars aloft on the soaring flames of his mutant power. Well, his teammate, Amara Akira, who was once as mortal as he, unleashes a lava blast that enshrouds the molten form below in a co- cocoon of rock. Because they're, they're finalizing it. Oh, oh and, can't, and Sam had to lift Amara up to give her a blast rate ratio. And so the Itri is saying how since Sam... And Magma are going to give the gift away. It's going to give him a chance to confront Loki in person so they can challenge him to revert them to what they were. And Sam's gifted some dwarfen armor and a sword, but the sword can only hurt those of the dead, which I guess is foreshadowing because what else would he use it on? Elsewhere in the Golden Realm, the X-Men fall on their butts. And they are right where the wolf... Oh, yeah, they see uh, some giants are chasing a wolf. And Wolverine's not cool with that because it just looks like straight-up murder. And so he runs into battle. And they're pretty... And so they fight off the giants, which is fun that we go from dwarfs to giants. And so they're wondering, the wolf is okay... Which he says, do not fear, my lady. And Kurt's like, Ungabok. Mine is a hardy breed, the prince says. And Kitty's like, golly, a shape changer. Then Hella shows up and Rogue immediately recognizes her. Uh, Hella notices Rachel and says, I bid thee welcome to the Golden Realms, Paladins. Especially thee, Star Soul, Fire Hair. Thy pedigree is written on thy face. Thou art in truth much like the dam. You you knew my mom? Yeah, verily. We were the bitterest of fools. Yet in her time she sent more souls unto me than any who possess to serve my cause. Which is weird because you think hell is only the goddess of hell with one hell. But yet I guess the Demari all went to her. So curious 
and that she's the goddess of death for all species and aliens and life. And then Rachel being an angry teen is like, that wasn't her fault. And like shoots a side beam through Hela's chest, but Hela just allows an opening to go, let it go right through her. And Hela just lets them be. Meanwhile, the city of Asgard still being rebuilt after the wholesale devastation of the Salty War, seen in Thor 351 and 353. Two creatures soar, neither of them truly native to this immortal realm. And Warlock is a bird following a falcon who we are told is Storm. And and we see the new mutants, uh, Ileana with a big old horn helmet, Doug reading books about Enchantress's spells, uh, Danny looking through Warlock's eyes, as is Wolfsbane and Karma. And Doug's wishing he could be with Warlock because he doesn't feel useful here, which Ileana's like, Hey, cutie, let's be honest. You want to be with Locke because of your own. Because on your own, you're as helpless as a baby. And Danny's like, Ileana. Like, come on. Loki's the top sorcerer in Asgard. These grimoires may contain the only means to defeating him and rescuing Storm. I can't read them. Doug can. He can play hero when he's done. Then we cut over to Loki. Enjoy thy flight, my pretty. I. I can see thou didst, but thou have evidently attracted a companion. Hmm. I thought I knew every bird in Asgard, but I have never beheld its like. Its presence near my palace could be a coincidence. But why take chances? And shoots an arrow and hits Warlock dead center. And just, I was about to say it, but I believe Warlock identifies male, so he drops. I mean, he definitely identifies as a soul friend. So everyone's like shocked about it. Uh, Danny and Doug jump on. Does he name? Oh, Brightwind. Which is that Aurora's name for her? Horse? Feels right. No, no, no. That's Swiftwind. I'm sorry. I got my flying horses confused there. And Ileana's like, Cypher, you can't. But they're already off. Idiots. Don't they realize I'm the only one who matters? I have work to do, Karma. Stay out of my way. And so Karma and Wolfsbane and Wolf Form just sit in a corner and just wait for their friends to come back. <laughs> Meanwhile, Loki's palace, safe from prying eyes, disenjoy my gift overall. Freya's cloak of golden feathers, possessing the power to transform its wearer into a falcon. With it, Storm, thou canst fly until such time as a better and more suitable gift will enable thee to once more soar unaided as a goddess should. Loki, it was wonderful. I felt as one reborn. My world was new and filled with infinite beauty. You are happy then, Windrider. Yes. And Asgard is a land thou couldst come to care for and care that call thy home. I absolutely love it, as I do no other. What are the companions, the X-Men? Dost thou not miss them? 
I always shall, but my time on earth is done. They have no real need for me. But from all you have said, there is great need here. And Loki, I wish to help with all my heart and soul. Thy will be done, my lady, he thinks. Ha! And my plan proceeds apace. I mix a touch of magic, the slightest of spells, with Storm's own yearnings to bend her completely and of her own free choice to my purpose. Which sounds like not fully to her own free choice. If my help world shall shout, shout succeed my half-brother Thor as goddess of thunder, and then with thine and shall Loki at last become the ruler of Asgard. The forest, wherein Nightcrawler tends to the wounded wolf prince and Phoenix reads his mind. So they get caught up. The prince is aware of Wolf Spain. She's also. Oh, yeah, so they're getting caught up on what must have ha- occurred. And Kitty says, The home of the Norse gods? Wow. Wolverine's like, It's just a caper cat. Or Logan. Same risk, same stakes as always. I don't know, Logan. The way Hella spoke to Ray, and Ray hasn't smiled once since then. <clears throat> and then she thinks, We don't dare talk openly to her because she hasn't told Cyclops who she really is, which is so dumb and so sad. And she won't use Psy speech. She's the loneliest person I know. Which is why I guess we're having the thought bubbles because the X Men are having thoughts because they're not concerned about Rachel reading them. And she needs to want it that way. And that, she's so much like her dad. He heard Hella. He must know who Ray is. But he hasn't said a word. And I don't think that gets picked up up at all. Later, Rogue and Rachel come back. They found some outfits for herself, Kitty, and Logan. Oh, no. I went to, like, rub my nose and I flipped all the pages over. Come on. So Logan's collar, or his shoulders, and his neck are protected by a piece of armor. He has a courtesy cloth around his pelvis. He has uh, knee-high boots. Kitty is fully covered except for her arms. And Rachel is wearing like a bikini, but with the top being more um, covering. And then also like calf-high boots. And so they're going to split up to look for who they can find. Uh, Logan does not want any cute comments said about his outfit. Kitty's about to say, but I like it. But he's like, stop it. And Kitty's like, I got to make jokes or I'm going to start crying or screaming. And so they don't. Uh, and she questions why Wolverine's being so um, Corriere about the whole thing, which he's just like, you gotta die eventually, might as well die doing this, which I thought ever so often in action movies where they're like up against it, the heroes that is, and they're just like, well, we gotta do the fight. And it's like, yeah, I guess, you know, if you're gonna die anyways, you might as well go down fighting. And how... You know, like, we're all going to die anyways. You might as well live your life the best you can. You know, try not to harm others as you're living your best life. But I guess there's no but to... Oh, I guess, but, you know, it's just, you only have one life, so make the most of it. 
And so they're off. In another part of the city, we see Sunspot is romancing like six gals. Then Danny and Doug come in to ruin him. Uh, a drunk hits on Danny. But everyone else is standoffish of her, and she's not sure why. And Sunspot really doesn't want to go with him, but also it's his friend, so he does. And then they find Warlock still with an arrow in his chest. But Warlock has lost a lot of uh, energy to the point where he sees Danny and just freaks out. And the sound effect is scream, which is fun. And he takes Doug and just like motors off, leaving Sunspot and Danny, who are both confused about what's going on. And all these uh, Norse or Asgardians show up. And then they they all show of attitude, but then Danny turns and speaks to them, and they all pretty much cower. Can we just? I was using my AirPods, but apparently I didn't charge them, which I guess I'm bad about lately. So I switched to the microphone. So production issue there. So at the 33 minute mark, tell me if you have a preference over AirPods or mic microphone. I sort of like the AirPods because it makes my voice deeper and I always appreciate that. Like, I remember this one time at Target, Walker, because you know, I sometimes just do impressions of people and Walker was just like, you said if I, like Walker, if it's under $10, we can buy it. Which I was like, that doesn't sound like me, but maybe I was being generous that day. But since he gave me such a deep voice, I was like, all right. You did it. You buttered me up. Because I usually give him a hard time about he doesn't play the kid game that well. Like, he doubles down on his stubbornness, which, you know, he gets from his mother who uses it to succeed and, you know, not back down. But it's just, you know, irritating when it comes from a nine-year-old package of, like, okay, little kid. But it's like, no, he has great self-confidence. I love that for him. As he doesn't show signs of anxiety, so I'm like, this is good. Because I'm always like, when I was his age, I didn't have anxiety. But I'm like, oh yeah, but now anxiety father. I'm like, hopefully I'm not putting it on him. Because sometimes I do worry I parent him too hard. Yeah, dial it back. Elsewhere. So Kurt, Rogue, and the Prince, who I don't think has been named still, are on a mission... Uh oh, because they were going to find Enchantress because he remembers that's who put this whole thing against them. And then they find Wolfsbane and Karma. And Karma and Rain's pretty embarrassed because she, she went to him so fast and started dancing around her, prancing around with the prince. And now she's like, I, I gotta control myself better. And they make their way into the citadel. Tells are quickly told. And then they find Ileana, Peter, and the wolf. So appropriate. Karma, I thought I told you I want to be left alone. Kalash is like, Ileana. He's not used to seeing this version of her. Most of the ex-babies ran off a while ago and left me pretty much on my own. Silly, mewing brats. Who needs them? You arrived at the right moment. I'm about to cast a locator spell. I found it to zero in on a whirl. We can nab her and be gone before Loki suspects. 
and immediately Scott's like, wait, you don't know what you're doing. And even as Cyclops cries his warning, a burst of energy fills the chamber. And and the reason why I moved to AirPods is because if I, because I record these on my iPhone, and so the microphone plugs into it, but if I just move the microphone in such a way, the cord, like the audio will just stop, and then I'm not sure, like I'm pretty sure one of these episodes... I didn't catch it, or I didn't realize what the stopping meant, and I'm pretty sure I uploaded it about the introduction. So now I'm constantly just like looking over, like, huh? Energy fills the chamber, and silly geese, to think the enchantress wards would hide thee from mine edrich sight, much less protect thee. Fascinating. I charged Pharaoh Amara to make the X-Men, and that's enchantress's real name, to make the X-Men her prisoners and slay them horribly in my name. However, it appears these mortals have turned the tables on her. I should have known if Athene's doing well. Tis best done by oneself. The city. And so Doug is looking at Warlock, who's just dying. And Doug promises to give a little bit of his life force, if that's okay. And... Warlock says he's going to try to only take a little bit. And we see half Warlock, half Doug. So it seems like he's taking a lot more than necessary. Uh, <coughs> Wolverine and Kitty are still making their way through the city. As we see also making their way to the city is uh, Magma and Sam. <clears throat> oh, and then Kitty and Logan catch. I notice them uh, from from above, and sounds like Kitty, Wolverine, Rachel, Amaris, the X Men. Meanwhile, we see Loki has imprisoned the X Men and New Mutants. Know that you are all quite comfortable. I will leave you to bask in the glow of the witch child's soul. It should not be long before such pure and fundamental evil begins to make an effect, corrupting you, recasting you inevitably in her, and of course my image. And that's when Scott finally confronts Loki about not keeping his word. My dear Cyclops, I do nothing. I am being true to the absolute letter of my oath. The powers responsible for this outrage is one of your own. That her actions rebound to my benefits is but the merest coincidence. So that explains why Ilyana is acting the way she is, is because Loki's influencing her. However, it seems a shame that your calm peers are not present to share your fate. Methinks I shall send my rock trolls and invite them to join us. I have worked for thee and thine, Ruggie. These changings shall guide thee to thy query. Bound to my will, by the collars of obedience, let them natures, their natures match their names. I grant them Grimfang and Bleakheart. And now they're giant wolves. The slaver enchantment will remain in force so long as they wear those collars. And no mortal power or agency can remove them. Go thou, Rugly, bring me the X-Men and new mutants still free. And then Kurt's trying to struggle against his uh, chains. And he teleports away. He grabs 
Scott's face by his tail, Kurt's tail, and then gives his stepsister Rogue a big old kiss on the cheek. And then now she can has absorbed Kurt's blueness and teleportation, so she bamps as well, but also Cyclops's optic blast, and she blasts Loki, and he lets out a ow. And so Rogue's just punching Loki, like just at it. Then all of a sudden she hears a, "What are you doing, villain? Leave him be!" And Rogue's like, "That voice, oh, Oro, it's me, Rogue." And Rogue and Storm's like, "It can't be. Rogue's my best friend." Like, what up? And then Loki manifests um, eye guards over Rogue's face, and then puts a iron chest plate connected to gloves to imprison her. True, too true, Windrider, and your distraction have given me the opportunity to ensure she causes no more mischief. And now Storm's confused. Regrettably, there are those who will do anything to prevent the granting of my gift to thee, but pay them no mind. Their best efforts shall come to naught. And so Danny is with Wolverine and Rachel, and she sees an image of death over Wolverine. Is like, why am I seeing that? That doesn't make any sense. And then all these uh, ghouls show up. Oh, oh no! It's wolf, it's the two wolves, and then an army of whoever Loki had at the time are at are about to confront Logan and the rest of the team. And Wolverine's doing a pretty good job of defending himself. Uh, Sam's realizing that. His sword can't hurt anybody, but it's still a blunt object, so he's hitting them with the flats of the sword. Just then, out of the star-speckled ebony of the evening sky, the Enterprise comes down. At first, I was like, oh man, it's like six ships. But I was like, oh no, it's just Loki, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Warlock making his way across the page to the epic page flip. And Doug's been commanding Warlock in this ship, which I'm sure it's just Warlock being f- friendly. And so Doug drops out of Warlock, wondering what is the next plan. And Logan doesn't want to fight them on their own turf, he wants to find mutual battleground. Kitty convinces Wolfsbane of using her tracking abilities to go find where the rest of the team has been taken. The Hall of Heroes. And Loki's giving a big old speech. We few, we happy band of brothers gathered neath the raven banner of Odin. Which is cool because Odin, Marvel Comics Odin's always known for all his ravens that are around him. Gather neath the raven banner of Odin, know full well the ways of courage and honor, nobility and sacrifice, all of us suffer in the war against Sturfter. In our fair realm, most of all the thorough and loss of ledge, Lord, my reverse, my revered father Odin, but no less violent than 
we as seer were those sons of Midgard who fought by our side their forms commanded to our hours are frail and their lives are fleeting as the morning dew yet their glory shall outshine the stars it is one such i speak tonight the best of thy breed through birthright dominion over the winds and rain making her spiritual kin to my brother loki was certainly stripped from her Let's see, we see Rachel and Wolverine in the audience. Oh, as as a sunspot. Uh, Karma is also in the audience, but she's closer to Ileana. She's trying to break her hold on her. Loki's hold on Ileana. The Hall of Heroes. And Sunspot's just having a great old time. Wolverine grabs him and pulls him aside. And Sunspot lets him know that he hates being hunted and feared and it's not for him, but he wants to be very proactive. Oh, and apparently Wolverine got stabbed, but when did I miss that? I think it was when he became the leader of the team of this away mission. But he's starting to sweat, like, from the Poison darts. So then back at Loki, Sam's crashing through a wall like the Kuwait man. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and then we see Colossus, the eternal jerk that he is, is about to double pound Kitty with his fists. And then Scott from above, because that's his move. Blasts Colossus so hard that he falls to the ground. And so the team is slowly getting back together. Classic X-Men style. Back with Loki. Fellow as guardians. I present a warrior maid. Pure of soul. Noble of heart. Fitting hers to Thor's place. Should he move to reside on Midgard. Amongst the mortals he dearly loves. Or Nords referred never returned from his quest to hell. See Carnal Code and Thor 361 and 362, which I haven't read as much what Simons and Thor as I would like. So, but I do know Sorter showed up at one point, and Thor to fight the giant dragon creature. Her name is Awaro. Oh yeah, because Loki's been giving a speech this whole time. Which in her native tongue means beauty in that she is in spirit as is form. I would have you welcome me as whoop As Warlock like has punched him in the back of the head. Oh no no. Logan says Rachel. Telekinetically tied up Loki. Lock. Let's grab Amara. <clears throat> so I guess. Oh yeah. Looking at the Loki panel. It does look like he's hit from something from within. Oh man, it's midnight 05 everyone. It's All Saints Day and getting a little drowsy. But we're on page 37 of. I was giant size, but. Oh, 48. We can do this. And Sunspot coming in, punching fools. Thine intervention, the youth, was not ex entirely unexpected. Yuri, dispose of these petty annoyances. 
And so then the building starts attacking Rachel, who's now in a fancy cape and more of a bikini. I was hoping for somewhat more pomp and circumstance. The celebration would be fed such a great occasion, but never mind. This alone is what matters. And he has some type of melting pot. Aurora reach into the fire. And Logan's like, no, Aurora, don't. Take up thy destiny. Oh, no, no. Loki's saying, take up thy destiny. For now and evermore, Windrider, art thou truly. Cow, cow, blam, wham, boom, bada, boom, storm. And we see her uh, Asgardian armor, which looks amazing. And I'm currently reading all of X-Men Gold and... She gets his armor back in that storyline towards the end of the title, and it's pretty grand. And Loki thinks himself magnificent. Her hammer's bound to my power like the spells that forged it, and a world to it by her life's blood. Now is the golden realm. Not even Thor can deny her this place of honor, eh? And Wolverine's trying to talk sense to the storm. Beware, Windrider. Another foe for thee in Asgard. His foul soul cloaked in the friend's form. And then Storm takes him at his word and blasts his Wolverine. And then... And that it's a... Shadow spawn in the shape of Wolverine. But he's very determined not to go down. And then she realizes, Oops, I may have killed my friend. Then Hela shows up to take Wolverine, and then uh, Alien. Or nope, I'm sorry. Danny shows uh, flies in a bright wind with a back away, lady. I don't warn you twice. And she recognizes that Wolverine's dying, and then Hela finally uses the word Danny can understand and calls Danny and Valkyrie. And now everything clicks to Danny of like, oh, that's why everyone's been scared of me wherever I go. And because Hell is a lot more powerful, she shuts down Brightwind's mind. And so from out of the sky, they drop. And it looks like uh, Brightwind takes a hard fall and uh, Danny just falls right after him. And Storm's feeling so bad for how close to death Logan is. And she wants something to be done about it. And it's here. Hella recaps. The in the EIN her jar are at my gates. I must husband and strength my husband my strength to match it against that of Thor and therefore cannot be with these upstarts as they deserve but I swear we shall meet again the last laugh shall be mine and Loki's coming out from under a table glad I'm not I am that's over if the Nords will be kind may mad Hela and Thor will destroy each other in the realm below leaving Asgard and Loki's and the storm is very upset that she was lied to. He starts marching towards Loki, and he throws the her hammer at him, 
Wherefore, woman, I promise to restore thy powers. That have I done, and given thee a price of glory amongst the gods. Don't think, Aurora, I must be harmed. By a hammer I help forge my patience at the end. And with it your pathetic lives. Weasel, you... Says you... We get a fun mon kitty monologue. The prideism. There are maybe a score of X-Men and New Mutants loose in Asgard. We know the truth, and so do the Valkyries. Neither you call it quits. Either now you need a home at after all. Class curses lifted and no man's vendetta or scattered. You cannot teach us all. I Sooner or later someone will reach Thor or Boehner or for the new mutants. So you catch us all sooner or later somebody will each throw or Bader or Himdol or Freya or the Warriors three and proof so your hundred percent Oscar is not worth it. So Kitty tries to blackmail Loki if he tells anyone about this or even hints at it. Deals off. Uh, Logan's proud of her. North Keep. So we see. As Carnila, Queen of the Nords, would allow these to seize uh, Onion. Ugh, Onion. Odin's sticks. Or throne. Oh man. My eyes are getting a little blurry. <laughs> But we're we're so close. We're wrapping this up. And so this lady is oh, oh this is Carnila. And she's looking on Loki about how he's not succeeding like he should be. And Asgard. Thee and thy companions, Shadowcat, may depart in peace, but all we must leave. Should one stay, all re must remain. And the wolf prince is not happy about that because he loves rain and would love to spend the rest of his days with her. And Loki gives her a chance to decide and she can't choose him. She chooses the X-Men. He says, in addition, any powers, gifts, enchantments you have gained here shall be stripped from you. A magic blade and armor, for example, cannonball, will become simple steel. The spells learned from the enchantress's Gilmore's Ilyana shall be forgotten. In addition, thou wilt return her, I trust, last for thy own shake unharmed from her impression in the realm of Limbo, where the kid stuck her at the end of New Mutant Special Number One. Oh, he's talking about um, Enchantress. Thou fair magma will regain my stolen human seeming. Though thou makest the most appealing daughter of fairy, however, I am not so gracious as to condemn thee, Karma, to the gross form that shall thine on Midgard. You may retain thy beauty. And is this Ileana? Oh, oh no, no, this is uh, Misty, the uh, Valkyrie assistant who. Tells Loki that Danny and Brightstar have 
bonded. There was no way uh, Danny couldn't help but do that to save the horse. And so they're bonded and so she can't get rid of it. But um, And so Loki says, On Midgard, a world, thou wilt once more be merely a woman without the power to fly to yield lightnings to command the wind and storm. The X-Men in their world hold no place for thee. Let them go. Stay, Storm. Be a goddess rule Asgard by my side. But know that shouts shouldn't thou refuse me. We are quits. I shall cast thee from my heart as I do thy comrades from my realm, never to return. Sweet words, a tempting offer, O Lord of Lies. But Asgard's not, not in your realm, Loki. Rumble, rumble, scar, scar, tall. And I shall be no party now or forever to making it so. You refuse, you dare, so be it. Uh Uh-oh, I'm sorry, Storm says. And I shall be no party now or ever to making it so. You refuse, you dare, so be it. And he thinks, gather thy brood, woman, and get thee gone. Blessed balances of... Negdasil, what a woman. It would almost be worth losing the throne to win her to my side. So the whole team's finally together as they get ready to leave. The spell is cast. To thy mentor, Professor Charles Xavier, I send thee. For all that story, see X-Men number 200. My part of the bargain is fulfilled mist. We too sh- how to keep our word, world, Loki, and uh, and our science. Silence. So everyone's floating up to the sky. Hmm. Hmm. Ha ha. Perfect. Much was gambled and much lost, but the great game continues. I endure, and tomorrow is another day. An immortal has nothing to not stand, to pilot and scheme and try to find. However, I will yet have any way in thy things. Asgard shall be mine, and who knows, perhaps a queen. Listen until then, fair Aurora. This shall be a sweet something remembered thy by. He's holding like a voodoo storm. And there's a bullpen bulletin. Oh yeah, this is the end of the issue. Checklist is here. Daredevil 227. The Kingpin finds a way to destroy DD. Thanks to Frank Miller and David Mazzarelli. New Mutants 36. The Beyonder offers Ileana Rasputin. Salvation at Beyonder. Oh, a terrible price in the Secret Wars 2 crossover issue. Oh, it doesn't say. It's just... Uh, Web of Spider-Man 11 came out. West Coast Avengers 5. The official handbook of the Marvel Universe 3, featuring everyone from Cloak and Dagger to Doctor Strange. So it must be the mid-C to D-T. Captain America 314, guest starring Night Hawk from the Squadron Supreme. Oh, there we go, Storm. I'm trying to see what's the harm in it. 
Oh man, I think I just had a straight thought. Okay, let's wrap this up. Oh, X Factor 1, Cyclops, the Beast, Angel, and Iceman reunite with a surprise fifth member. This double-sized shocker of the year is brought to you by Bob Layton and Jack Jackson Geis. Uh-oh, my last thing was about the handbook and going from CL to DO. Amazing Spider-Man 273, the Puma meets the Beyonder in the Secret Wars 2 crossover. Captain America 314, guest starring Nighthawk from the Scarlet Supreme. So they're just in lots of titles. Micronaut 17, Alpha Flight 31, Fantastic Four Index 3, Longshot 6, a double-sized conclusion. Power Pack 19, a double-sized extravaganza with great stars galore. Incredible Hulk 316 with She-Hulk, Iron Man, Submariner, and more. Avengers 264 introducing the new yellow jacket. She's bad. Cold in the Barbarian 173. X-Men 202. Rachel attempts to kill the Beyonder in the Secret Wars 2 crossover. Rom 75. So he did it, buddy. Eternals 5. Punisher 2. Marvel Saga 3 featuring the complete origins of Doctor Doom. And a whole lot more. Fantastic Four 287. It had it happen. The return of FS most deadliest foe. So it seems like a lot of doom going around. Which must be on purpose. Iron Man 203. Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man 111. Meet the Amazing Spider-Friend. The Beyonder in the Secret Wars 2 crossover. That must be the issue where he teaches him how to poop. Thor 364. The Thor Croaks. Transformers 13. Uh, Secret Wars 2, Issue 8. The Beyonder decides to bring about a golden age on Earth. Marvel Team-Up Index 2. X-Factor 1 we read. Defenders 152, Doctor Who 17, X-Men Annual 9 we're reading right now. Marvel Magazine's Marvel Age 35, Presenting a Day in the Life of Marvel Editors. Savage Sword of Conan 170s. Marvel Super Special 39, Santa Claus the Movie. Epic Titles, Grew the Wanderer 12. Oh, there's some new number ones here. Boz Chronicles number one. The alien stranded on Victorian England earns his living hood by detecting criminals. Did, written by David Mechelini and art by Brett Blevins. So, Iron Man writer with New Mutants artists. Uh, Elf Quest 7, Dreadstar 22, Star Comics involves Planet Terry, Fraggle Rock 6, Lost in the Strangest Part of the Fraggle Rock, Strawberry Shortcake 6, Thunderbolts 2, What Are the Burbills, Misty's 2, guest starring Mike, or Millie the Model, so they didn't waste any time, Wally the Wizard 11, which I'm not familiar with, Top Dog 6, and Heathcliff 6. And the back cover is for the war continues as the Beyonder rejects humanity and the Earth shudders beneath his insane fury. It begins in Secret Wars 2, number 8. and continues in Defenders 152, Avengers 265, Fantastic Four 288, New Mutants 37, Amazing Spider-Man 274, and X-Men 203. So I guess they go from... Oh no, no, they couldn't have gone for Inferno. Oh, this is way early because New Mutants 37. I was thinking 73. I got those. I flipped those numbers. So we are nowhere near Inferno. But still high stakes. 
And that, everyone, was Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 9. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Please go to SNFWM to look at which Lockheed images I went with. And thank you so much for listening. And sorry I sort of started falling apart here towards the end. But I will talk at you next time. All right, everyone. Bye.